Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, Nikki Brazier, and tonight I am joined by Margot Alvarez for another one of our Focus on Female episodes. Margot, how's everything going? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. I've missed seeing your face. I, I know. I was going to say, I haven't seen you and talked to you so long. So this long. is so nice. I love it. But yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. How's everything going? I miss like our, I feel like in a, in a previous lifetime, we had way more time. We used to be able to chat on the phone. We haven't talked. I know. Before. It's funny. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I haven't talked to you in forever. And I was like, I need to give you a call. And it's like that. I was like, all right, I'll do that tomorrow. And then next thing tomorrow rolls into next week. And then mm-hmm. next month I'm like, wow, it's already June. What happened? I don't um, know. But yeah, I've been good, busy, still living in Vegas. Um, staying busy with my fitness app and the wine company had to pivot and kind of readjust things in terms of business just because of inflation costs and fulfillment costs and shipping. And so of course shipping during the summer is always harder because temperature is an issue. So I try not to ship during the summer already. I can do like ice packs in there, um, but that's an additional cost for my fulfillment center. So been having to be very, um, tactful in terms of how I do things and having to bring in other resources and revenue so that I could offset costs because it's getting to the point where, you know, you feel like you're drowning. You're like, I can, I can keep fighting. I keep fighting. So things are good. It's just having to pivot and be dynamic. We'll say, yep. you know, I, I feel that so much. You know, it's funny. That's actually exactly why I asked you to come on the show today because I've been getting a lot of feedback from listeners in terms of, you know, topics that they want to hear covered. And a lot of people sort of slid into the DMs and they were like, can we talk a little bit about balance, about figuring out how to do all these things in life that we as women, as humans, as whatever, are kind of like trying to do, expected to do, meant to do, and, you know, people a lot of a lot of times you're talking about like balancing fitness in life or balancing business in life or parenting in life or whatever and I was like I'm certainly not the one because I have shit balance none I I don't sleep I do too many things there's a bazillion things on my plate I don't know how to say no and I just feel like you Margot are such a great example of someone who has so many irons in the fire but you do it with such grace and I would love to just hear about first tell us about kind of like all the things that you do have going on and I'd love to just hear how you approach balance because I think it's what? something something <laughs> something worth talking about I certainly can well, I appreciate that you feel that I have it all together. Sometimes I feel like a chicken <laughs> with my head chopped off, running around totally. like a billiard, billiard ball, hitting kind of all the angles. Um, but I mean, currently my main two focuses, well, it's funny because I say main two, and I have a feeling I'll probably slide a couple in else in there. Uh-huh, um, but uh-huh. the, main, the main two we'll say um, is my fitness app growing and expanding that so I can help people. Um, and I found that it's, it's more about a lifestyle. So how can I reach people and create a lifestyle for them that fitness is part of that lifestyle? Because I think a lot of people associate fitness to working out to, you know, I had, you know, I had a cheeseburger and fries. I need to work out. It's like, no lifestyle. The fitness is a, is a lifestyle piece. It's how do you integrate it? So my focus within my fitness app is to you know reach new people and showcase how they can start moving, how they can start getting into activity even if they've never done it or if they've done it, but then took a break and trying to get back into it. Um, for people that are even more advanced, they've been doing CrossFit and they, they love the high intensity workouts. So my big focus has been the app and then my wine company and the wine company I've had for almost, it'll be five years next month, which is crazy to say like, Oh, it's been five Wild. years. Um, but those are kind of the two focal ask points that I have. And obviously like if I look at like my life, 
those are, I mean, obviously fitness and wine are part of two things that I enjoy, but it's also part of my message in terms of that work hard, wind down mentality where you do find that balance or you try to work on that balance. Um, and it's funny because I think of all the things that kind of pop up in and I'm like, oh, like, you know, I had the opportunity to go to the Hunter Games with SIG last week. I have all these kind of like little things, side projects that have an opportunity. I do some one-on-one training with a young gal um, who's in gymnastics here. So I've allocated a small portion of, you know, personal training, which I haven't done for years because I've been so busy. Once I kind of closed the door and competing, it was full-time business. So like I said, the main two, we'll say irons in the fire are my fitness app and the wine company. Um, but it, it's tough because those kind of have, I think of, trees on a branch or branches on a tree where like they kind of you know like they go out a little yeah. bit and you have a couple additional branches and so there's the things that are an offshoot that you know will eventually come like events here in las vegas doing the food and wine festival um always wanting to be a part involved with the community here so figuring out how i can do a booth or how i can do events locally how i can travel and do yoga and wine nights um how i can still be involved in the fitness and crossfit community whether it's doing stuff at rogue invitational or you know traveling for events and other things on the road. So again, there's like little offshoots of branches that like, maybe they're not active, but we'll say they're inactive, but then I have to like ignite them again. All these like fire acknowledge, uh, analogies right now. Yeah, but, um, so many. All the fires. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say those are the kind of two focus focal points. Um, but of course there's kind of things in the background of like how I can improve um, myself as an individual, but then how can I improve as a coach? How can I improve as a you know community member um, and help outreach to other people? I think what's wild is that both of those things that you mentioned, like take so much time outside of just, it's not like you can just be like, Oh, I'm running this fitness app. And today I'm going to dedicate 20 minutes to programming. It's like, you have to, (laughs) you have to build the app and find the people and market the app and do the thing. And on top of all the business related things that, that come with that app, you have to be fit. Like you Margot, need to hit the gym. And like test your own programming and like make sure that you practice what you preach. And that's a whole separate aspect of like finding the time, you know, you can't just run the wine business. You got to like go to the vineyard and also be your own supplier and also drink the wine. And also like, how do you, <laughs> you have to drink the wine. I mean, that's part of it, right? <laughs> of course. Of course. How, how do you like, how do you parse out your schedule or figure out how to segment it all out so that your like brain and also your watch don't like implode. Yeah. I think a lot of it's of kind of learned by experience, but I found that time management is huge. And I know that's just kind of a very broad term time management, but it's like how I allocate the day. So if I tell myself, Hey, I'm going to go to class, I'm going to do class at nine o'clock. And then I have an hour, an hour after that I can do accessory work or lift. Then I allocate those, you know, two hours or so to the gym. And sometimes I've been, I have to be very rigid with myself because it's like, Oh, just an extra half an hour, just an extra 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. But then that bleeds into everything else. And so for example, I've been, you before when I was competing full time, like I would sleep in, I'd get my rest. My focus was competing and training. And then once I started the business, I had to get up a little earlier, sandwich business, then training, then business. And as I've moved away from the competing and I'm spending less time in the gym, I'm, I found there's still a lot more work that I have to do, whether it's programming on my computer or uploading the videos or going through content, um, creating content for social media or for individuals responding to messages. And I feel like I've tried to be as accessible as possible to people because I think that connection, even though social media, it's, you know, it's not direct correlation or direct connection to an individual. That's my way or one person's way to connect with them and hopefully give insight. And so I've had to really kind of be strategic, like, all right, I'm going to get up in the morning. You know, I'm going to get up at five 30. I'm going to go take my fur ball. Oh no. Walk. 
because she no. needs to walk. Um, and if I don't get, I know five thirty. It's like, and it's funny because before I'm like five thirty. Oh, but way back in the day, I'd get up at three thirty in the morning to coach the five o'clock what? class. So it's like no, yeah. <laughs> There's been it's the middle know, of the night. I know. I hundred percent agree. I do not recommend that. I do not want that. But there was a period at my time of my life that I had to do that. So hey, there was a period of my time where where or my life rather where I woke up at three thirty in the morning to go to work. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a that's, morning news anchor, I had to like be at work at three three forty five. Yeah. And that's rough because you gotta be like able to talk and function and articulate your words. When I wake up, I'm like stumbling to you know make sense Girl, of everything. So I'm like, I can get ready out the door. I had to have my makeup and hair done by the time we went live in the morning. I remember I would wake I would wake up and I would I would want like three more minutes of sleep, but I couldn't like snooze the alarm because that's not fair because Matt would be sleeping yeah. and I would need to, you know, like you can't like snooze your alarm at 3.30 in the morning. So I would go into the bathroom of our tiny little apartment and turn on the shower and I would set my phone alarm for like two minutes and I would lay on the bathroom on the bath mat on the floor and just let the water run and get hot and be like... <laughs> what is my life <laughs> anyway but go that's on rough. I digress but no but that's good but I think it speaks to because a lot of people will only see like slivers or pieces they you know they just yeah. see you in front of the tv they don't see you behind the scenes and I think you know, being <laughs> crying in the shower <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hey man it's real and I think people and correct me if I'm wrong but there there is a lot of social media there is a lot of like instant gratification of like this is a snippet of my life but it's like there's so many things it's just like the ice cube or ice cube the um, that big like um the iceberg not, iceberg acknowledge we're like this is the tip of the iceberg and that's what everyone sees it's that small bit but everything underneath is not what people see but that's the hard work the struggles the tears the blood sweat and um sacrifice that was put into xyz so for me i've had to been very diligent we'll say in terms of my time and making sure all right sometimes it feels like it's a whirlwind where I'm like I'm going I'm going and going and I'm like like today I'm like man I think this is the first time I've sat down for more than five minutes um but again every every day is different but I know if I structure say hey I have x amount of hours here and then from here I'm gonna have spend x amount of hours here or 45 minutes or 30 minutes or I'll try to like I know it sounds bad but multitask like can I make some calls or can I connect with people over the phone versus if I'm driving to an appointment or if I'm driving to, you know, drop off wine or if I'm doing an event, how can I like kind of multitext in a sense, but also make the most of every opportunity that I have in terms of the day. Like some days are like that. Some days are less busy. So it's just being diligent with your time frame. And I, for someone that maybe works like an eight hour j- a job where like you're at the desk or you're having to be somewhere, then, you know, you're like, all right, I have the morning and the afternoon or evenings to do what I need to do. So it's being strategic in your time placement or how you allocate your time. And I've learned over the years that you have to say no to certain things, um, mm. people, situations, environments to say yes to others. And sometimes it, it can be hard because it could be the closest things or the most fun situations that you want to go to or be in that you sometimes have to say no to because of X, Y, Z. Um, and I've learned it just, again, more experiences and the more situations you go through, the more you'll be able to kind of figure out what works best for you. Like I know for myself, I'm more likely to get my workout in the morning than I am in the afternoon. There is a sliver of chance I'll get it in the afternoon if I'm meeting a friend or I'm committing, Hey, I'm going to this class with a friend. But if it's by myself, I'm like, "Mm, I'm just going to sit at the computer for a couple more hours. Yeah. Yeah, I do that exact same thing. And then I realize I'm like, oh my God, I haven't stood up in nine hours. Jeez, how did that yeah. even how did that even happen? And then happen? your back when hurts I, and then your hip hurts. Uh-huh. When I first started, and, and the business is still like this, but when I first started my company, um, 
if it weren't for the 5.30 p.m. class, I would have never left. I was putting in like 12, 14 hour days just at the computer alone, just to kind of like yeah. get everything off the ground. And it ha- were it not for the 5.30 class at my gym and my husband being like, get your ass up, we're going to work out. I truly would be one with this chair for like 15 plus hours a day. It's rough. It's rough trying to, trying to get your own thing going. There's no one handing you these opportunities. You are literally teeth and nail clawing for them yourself. Yeah. And that's something that I've learned kind of along the way. And I, I constantly am learning still like, cause I mean, you are the accountant, you are the bookkeeper, you are the marketing, you are the CEO, you are the owner, you are the founder, you are the person running errands. You're the one picking up ordering supplies. And, and it's tough because as much as people are like, Oh, like you have the ability to have your own hours. I'm like, yes, but you know, I tell people and I've had people ask me, you know, like I'm interested in starting my own business. I'm, I'm thinking about wanting to do my own thing. I'm like, that's awesome. Like I am all about encouraging others to go after their goals, whatever it might be, fitness, business, whatever personal. But I just tell them and I communicate to them and say, Hey, like, just know you will be putting in a lot more hours. It's not like at the end of the day, you clock out at the end of the week, cool. We're going on vacation. You might have the flexibility to travel to certain places and, you know, do work there, but you yeah, work from out. wherever. Totally. Exactly. You right. go work. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've taken so many trips over the last two years. I just have to work through all of them. It's amazing. People are like, Oh, you just like keep, it's like perfect for you. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't Uh know that. And of course, like you learn along the way, but it's like, it's tough because as a small business, you know, you're having to like, I'm at least for myself too, like the taxes for the wine. It's like, I have to report, you know, quarterly, I have to report monthly, um, yearly for some States. It all depends, but it's just this constant. It's not like, all right, cool. Like, here to my assistant, which is non-existent, like, go do this. Or can I help? Can you help me with this? And people offer like, oh, you know, you know, hire someone. I'm like, I don't have those resources to do that. And if I did, I would love to be able to provide more opportunity, more jobs to individuals, whether local here in Las Vegas or abroad, um, like in another state or outsourcing. Um, but I just, I don't have those resources. I don't have that financial capability right now. So it's like, I res- am responsible for everything. I have to do everything. And it, it's tough sometimes when it gets to like the legality stuff, the legal work, the taxes oh, yeah. and all that. And it becomes very stressful. And it's like, people are like, do you do what I love? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> like I'm talking through my teeth. Um, again, I'm grateful for all the experience and I, I, I wouldn't change it for the, I wouldn't change it because I've learned a lot. Um, there are things that I would go back and I would for sure do differently and I would probably make different decisions, but I, I know I don't have a magic wand and I can't go back in time, but there are a lot of things that I have learned when it comes down to time management or understanding different roles or having to pick up where you're at. Like, it, and it, it's tough, but it, again, it, it does give you the ability to you know be dynamic in certain aspects. Um, but it can be very, very frustrating and hard, hard sometimes because you have so many doors or so many times where things are like kind of slamming in your face, like, no no. And you're kind of like, well, is it possible to get another no? And yes, there will be another no. Um, but it's like, how do you get back up and how do you persevere to the next thing? And I think that's my stubbornness, we'll say, I guess, and my perseverance, a combination of both have definitely helped me get to where I'm at. Um, and there are some times where I'm like, man, F it. I just, I'm, I'm done. Like this, the, the energy that you put in and the time and the sweat and the sacrifice of everything you put in, it can be sometimes at the back end. It's like, you know what? Sometimes I just want to, you know, check out for the day or check out for the week or whatever it might be, but I'm not there. I made this decision. So it's like, let me buckle up. I know I can get through this. Let me just take it one day at a time. And this kind of circles into the balance piece that you were talking about. It's like, 
it is so easy, like you said, to sit at a computer and work 12, 15 hours, keep going. I could sit here all day long and do work and never be finished because there's constantly something else I need to work on. But at the end of the day, whether that's 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock, sometimes that changes depending on how I start my day. There has to be a point where I have to disconnect because if not, my brain is fried. But then also I'm run down. So then the next day maybe my incentive or the desire to get back up and keep going isn't as strong as the day before. So being able to pull yourself away and having some sort of balance is imperative because that's going to allow you to come back the next day. And I think I've tried to communicate this with my message with my wine and my business, but also just how I live my life is, you know, every day is not guaranteed. And I think having a personal experience with my sister passed, that was a huge eye opener where it taught me a lot at a young age, but also realizing, all right, you know, I have to still be able to enjoy myself because if I push myself into the ground and I grind, 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 which that is important. I'm not saying don't do that, but knowing at the end of the day, or at the end of the week, you take some time for yourself, whether that's a bath, whether that's a small hike, whether that's you know, a small trip, wherever you go. Maybe it's just watching you know, TV, having a glass of wine, or sharing a bottle with someone, um, going out and having appetizers. Being able to mitigate that ability to disconnect, because if you're constantly engaged and constantly connected, it can be very draining. And I find that I relate a lot to that to social media. Like I'm on there mm-hmm. a lot because I'm you know putting out the, the workouts or putting stuff on my app whether it's new programs or sharing them on different platforms for people to see, answering messages, commenting, engaging, um, showcasing kind of a sliver of what I'm doing. But it's your constantly engaged, you're constantly like interacting with people. And at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted and I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I also think that like what you were talking about in terms of trying to maximize every moment, like that is so effective and that is so exhausting because now mm-hmm. you've done twice the work of an average human in the same amount of time. And you're totally right without having some sort of light at the end of the tunnel, whether it be like you said, at the end of the night, or maybe like, I should get to get through this week because this weekend is going to be relaxing or whatever. Without having that, I, I, I do find that I, I lack the motivation to get up and do it again. Cause then it only, it just feels like you're stuck. It feels like you're stuck in a rut or in that grind without any sort of reprieve at the end of it. But I still find that I have time or I have a hard time rather committing to that time off sometimes. I think we all do. I think it's like, it's like, oh, thank God. I just got to get through today and then get, you know, tonight I'll be off and I can, you know, watch TV or whatever. And then my phone buzzes. And how do you, how do you convince yourself not to check it or not to peek at your email right before bed or not to be like, y'all, let me just respond to this message real quick and then I'll be done, you know? Yeah, because that could be um, a slippery slope to like the next message, the next email, different email accounts. Um, For me, I've tried to usually at the end of the day, if I'm, you know, if I'm winding down, I've I've tried to be more advocate um, for at least for myself to read a little bit more. So for me, it's like, all right, I'm going to go to bed maybe a little bit earlier um, and I'll put my phone, I'll charge it, I'll put it away and then I'll read and I'll read for maybe, you know, five pages, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, depending how tired I am or how awake I am. Um, and I found for myself that allows me to kind of disconnect. I know that I still struggle with like, you know, maybe disconnecting from the computer, but still having my phone. I'll look, I'll be mm-hmm. on there kind of glancing, especially if I'm waiting for something or if I'm, you know, waiting to hear back for an email or regards to like a project. Um, and so I'll kind of like glance at, look at it, but sometimes I've, I'll look at it, I'll acknowledge it and then, all right, cool. I'm going to answer that tomorrow. And I oh, I can't do that. One, that is, and that is very tough. That is very hard. But I, I think I've learned to kind of compartmentalize it. If you think about it, where it's like, I need, like, one, I'm curious. So I'm like, okay, what is my, what is my message? Like, all right, cool. Then there's some where it's like, that's not always the case. But I feel like, all right, if I acknowledge, I understand, I see, 
I'll answer that tomorrow because I know that I could sit there and, you know, go back and forth 30 minutes or go into a discussion. And so I think depending on the individual and depending on how you, who you are, how you operate and how you deal with things, if you can look at it, see it, acknowledge and put it away, deal with that. If not, then, you know, putting your phone downstairs or turning it over. I found that usually I turn most of my notifications off. So it's not constantly like light, light, light on my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll turn them off or I'll flip it over. I'll just put it downstairs. And then so I can be engaged, whether it's, you know, watching a movie or reading a book, or if I take entropy out for like another walk or take her out for a little bit. Um, I'm trying to be more engaged with kind of the presence, like what's directly in front of me, what's right in front of my eyes versus being connected through, you know, um, a phone or anything. And it is tough, but I found that reading has been one of my biggest ways to be consistent with that. Um, and I found that if I can at least, you know, say, Hey, like I have, you know, a multitude of books that I'm working on reading, but I always have one on my bedside, always have one there. So even if I'm working on it, I'm unfinished. It's always there. So I constantly see it. So it's a constant reminder. All right, cool. Let's read tonight. Let's not be on my phone, like sitting in bed, going through messages or emails, Mm -hmm. Um, or looking at my calendar. And that's something I found I've done a lot more as I've gotten busier. I'm like, where can I squeeze something in? Like, all right, well, I need to go drop off this. I need to go visit this store. I need to go pick up more supplies. So let me, you know, let me squeeze this into these two appointments. And then it's like one thing after the next, I have all these appointments. And I'm like, what did I just do? Like, I'm mm-hmm. making myself more busy. And I think sometimes it's also um, a way for myself to reflect, say, all right, if if I'm trying to keep myself busy for a certain reason, is that because I'm trying to avoid X or Y? Um, and I found that if I do see that I'm trying to make myself more busy or I'm trying to put more on my calendar or more on my schedule, I'm trying to fit more within the day, then I take a look back and I'm like, all right, let me let me sit down and journal because maybe there's something internally that I'm struggling with or I'm, I'm fighting with or I'm fighting myself with. And if I can get it out on paper, maybe that'll allow me to you know take a step back and just, oh, like maybe just that split second. Like, for example, I think it was a couple weeks ago I was journaling and I was I was writing like, you know, thoughts and emotions and whatever I was going through. But I was like, you know, I kind of want to just draw and doodle. And so I was drawing and doodling. I used to do that a lot when I journaled way back in the day in, in college. And for me, it kind of sparked like after I felt like I did some drawings, it was like trees and nature and you know, whatever, a house. After it was like I felt a little more creative, that spark of creativeness is like, I think that's kind of what I was missing. And I felt kind of energized after that. And so if journaling is something you've never done, I recommend people to try because it's highly, I found it highly effective to kind of disconnect for a little bit. Um, if you struggle talking to people or you're an introvert, you don't like talking to people, maybe journaling or, you know, voice to text. If you don't like writing voice to text might be another option, whether you keep it or delete it or whatever, or, you know, put your phone on record and just talk to your phone and then you can listen back to it if you want. Um, but finding some sort of outlet has been huge for me to make sure that I'm not, you know, compartmentalizing feelings or emotions or stress. And I know when I get stressed, things start to pile up. Um, and then that emotion can be taken out of other people. I either get short or I, you know, I try to procrastinate. I, I kind of procrastinate on certain things because I'm stressed about it or I'm avoiding it because there's some, you know, pro- some big thing that I maybe don't have the answer to, or I, I don't know how to manage it or how am I going to get resources for that. So then I, kind of get it all wound up. So the best way for me is to, you know, journal and write and get it out. I think that journaling, I think that books in general, any type of, you know, like anything like that is really underrated. And I feel like 
So I have a bunch of books by my bedside too. And it's like an ultimate goal of mine. I'm like, I really just want to get in bed and read. And then like, it never happens because I fall into the void and I'm staring at my phone. Like my husband and I, we have time for like one show a night, right? So we watch like 20 minutes of TV while we eat like good American family. And, um, (laughs) and then, and then we like, just, you know, the show ends and we're on our phones and we look at each other and we're like, shit, how long have we been sitting on our phones down here? Like now we're tired. We should have gone to bed. We should have whatever. So I always want to have that time to read because I find that my brain feels better. Like my brain, it just like my head doesn't hurt because it's been some, a little tiny bit of separation from staring at my, at my phone or at a screen or something, but I can't barely ever convince myself to do it. But when I was first home from having the baby and I had really awful, terrible postpartum anxiety, like six, seven weeks of it, just the fucking worst ever. It was, it was the pits. I, I was terrified of it. And I was like, that's it. I've, I've gone fucking nuts. Mark the time Matt got home from the hospital with a baby and a crazy wife. And so I threw like, I threw like everything at the problem that I could think of. I got an awesome, uh, postpartum therapist that I still see once a month because everyone should be in therapy because it's amazing. And I was doing like acupuncture and I changed up all my supplements and I started journaling at night and I found, I can't journal, like, I'm not good at it. Like you just write or you doodle and you let your brain, whatever, like, I can't do that. It doesn't flow, but I got a prompted journal. It's called, it's actually called the five minute journal, not sponsored on this podcast. Is it red? Is it a red like little book? No, it's white and it, it's literally okay. titled the five minute journal. You can get it on, on Amazon. Highly recommend if you're like me and you want to like get your brain on paper, but you don't know how. And it's like, yeah. it's got prompts for in the morning and at night. So you're supposed to do like five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night. But I had a newborn and I would feed him every three hours. So I like, couldn't know that got really bright. I did not have time for both. So I at least committed to it at night. I did half of That's it. That's awesome. And- Yeah. And it was very like, like write down three goals you have for tomorrow or like, what are two things that happened today that were good? And it wasn't all just like rah, rah. It was like, what's something today that you could have improved upon and what's whatever. And I, um, I found that when I forced myself to do that, I felt really centered and I like, that's not a, I don't do yoga. That's not like a word I use, but I felt like, (laughs) I felt like very Zen. I was like, dang, like I can, I can effectively turn my brain off and try to rest as opposed to when I stare at my phone and I scroll and then I'm like, oh man, I'm tired. And I put it down. My brain is still going and going and going. And it takes me 20 minutes to fall asleep. Totally. And I think I was reading something that just, I think earlier this week or last week that it's like when you're on your phone and you're like scrolling and you're looking stuff or responding to people, it's not disconnecting. It's still processing your body. Your brain's still working to process the images or the, or the music or the text that you're writing. And so I think that's where we're in journaling. It's like, you're not, you're seeing words or questions, but then you're the one initiating like how you respond to it. And I think that centering aspect, um, I, I mean, I, I do a lot of yoga wine nights. I'm, I, I practice yoga. I try to go at least once a week from like my fent, my body, the physical aspect, mm-hmm. um, stretching and mobility, but I also find it very calming mentally because it allows me to be one as present as possible, but I'm focused on, you know, what my body can and cannot do the positions of my in versus, you know, worrying about external stressors. Um, and that centering and that ability to kind of, kind of cuts out the noise if you think about it like there's a lot of noise we look at our environment our society we're very go go more and more like work 80 hours a week where you look at spain for example and they're like 35 and a half hour work weeks you're like woohoo you get a that's amazing before in the afternoon you know but it's just it's a lifestyle shift and it's like 
it's tough because you create this habit. And even for myself, I've created a habit where I'll go online, I'll, you know, respond to messages and I'm on there. And the next thing you know, I'm like, man, I'm looking at random things. I'm like, what am I even doing? Like I just wasted, you know, 10 minutes of doing something, 20 minutes. But it, for me, I think it's a sign that my body's trying to tell me, like, I'm trying to disconnect or like be able to pull myself out of the situation that I am. But I'm putting myself in a different situation by being on my phone and having the simulation versus taking, you know, five to 10 minutes to journal or literally put my phone down, stare at the wall and be bored for five minutes or, and it's funny because I hear a lot of people say be bored. And I'm, I've never really felt ever bored. I've never described myself as bored, but I think if I'm not doing something, I'm just, I'm just there. I'm just being right. Like we're human beings. Let's just be in this environment. Let's just be in this moment. And I think it, it's hard when we have so much distraction and noise these days. Um, so being able to create a new pattern and that new, new habit is so hard. And even myself, like I said, my book, I'm like, Ooh, I need to read tonight, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that like what makes it harder is I like scrolling. Like I feel like it, I shut my brain off when I do that. And I feel like I deserve that. I'm like, this is, this is fun for me. It's fun to catch up with my friends. It's fun to browse Instagram and laugh at TikToks and whatever. And like, <laughs> I worked all day. Like, don't I get yes. to like have some fun and relax and just watch the shit and like zone out. But then it's like, I have a hard time finding a limit and all of a sudden it's 11 o'clock and I'm like, I should have been in bed like half an hour ago. This sucks. You know? Yeah. I'm one with the couch and I'm staring at my phone <laughs> still. Like, and it's hard because there is that pleasure and it's like, nothing's wrong with that. Like enjoying it. And you know, if it, if it feeds a purpose, embrace it. But again, it's, it's like learning how to mitigate that, like everything in moderation, right? Like and when I tell people like, Hey, like the only way I tell people like the best way you're going to learn how to drink more or taste different flavors and aromas in the wine or, you know, different, different palettes or different um, items on your palate, whether that's, you know, licorice or blackberry is to drink more and taste more. But I tell them, I'm not saying like, go crush a case at night, you know, maybe split a bottle or maybe the day calls for a bottle because it's been a rough day, but it's about that balance and moderation, but it's about experimenting and finding like what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Um, and, you know, being kind to yourself too. I think that's something where I found like I'm trying to be more kind to myself where I'm a very type A individual. I hold myself to the high standard. Don't know why I just always did. It's like, well, if it's not the best, you know, if you're not first, you're last or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> not saying that mentality, but it's, it's being kind and um, understanding to yourself so that you're not like constantly like holding the flame or holding that torch to yourself because if you're constantly doing that, it's like, you know, if I make a mistake or if I, everything's not perfect, it's not like it's horrible. It's just learning and being um, understanding and ebbing and flowing. Well, I think that's particularly interesting being that that is sort of your, your lifestyle and your business centered around wine, because even as a professional athlete, you were doing the wine stuff. And I feel like you were very, uh, that was unique because there are so many people in competitive CrossFit, but in, in any sort of athletic profession that look at that and they're like, yeah, I count my macros. Yeah. I have to figure out my sleep and alcohol is poison. Yeah. And you were always like, right. Like point blank. And I'm not, I'm by the way, not talking about the people who like abstain from alcohol because they've had problems or whatever. Obviously this is just people who are like, no, I can't drink during the competitive season. And you were always the one that was like, there is balance in life. And you absolutely sure. can work hard, wind down. And I, I think that's really interesting. That has always been where your head has been at. Yeah, I think for me, I think it was really, um, 
I mean, not only before, I mean, before even CrossFit competing, like, you know, bust my butt, go for runs, train, and then at the end of the day, enjoy myself. And I think, I think part of that for sure stemmed from with the passing my sister and understanding, knowing like, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow, um, next week, next day, things could drastically happen where someone or something could happen and their life is taken away. And so I think learning that at a young stage, it's like, I'm going to bust my butt for my goals, but at the same time, I'm still going to enjoy myself. If I want to have a glass of wine, if I want to have a beer, I'm going to, if I want to have like my five donuts, I'm going to have my five donuts. My body probably needs the five donuts because I haven't eaten enough carbs for the day. So that's probably why. Um, but oh yeah, me day. too. That's definitely why I need the five donuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not enough carbs. I should have five donuts a day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but again, I think I learned that at a young age. Um, but then just as I was evolving and as I was getting into, I spent so much time in the gym competing and working so hard. It's like, I want to enjoy myself. I want to have a glass of wine at the end of the day, um, or beer or, you know, whatever I'm going to have, because that's going to allow me to just really appreciate the the day and like reflect back. It's like, Hey man, like if this is the only day that I have left, not saying that it is, I'm not saying think like that. But for me, it was just a very cognizant and being present of like, I'm going to make the most of this. I'm going to wind down at the end of the day. I'm going to enjoy and appreciate this moment um, because tomorrow I'm going to get up and do it again. And it's funny because I think in 2018, after the marathon row, I I got a glass of wine back at the hotel in Wisconsin. And I think it was Pat Bellner um, and his, I think his parents were there and they were just talking about like, oh man, like Margo's drinking wine after the workout. Like even though Thursday was kind of a rest day, but it's like, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have a glass of wine. Like I just, you know, deadlifted 400 pounds and now I'm going to row a marathon. Like, hell yeah, I'm having a glass of wine. Why wouldn't I? Um, but again, right. it's just a mentality for anyone that doesn't drink or they, they abstain from alcohol during competition, teach their own. Like, and I have a lot of good friends that don't re- that don't drink for, you know, personal reasons or religious reasons. And that's totally fine. Maybe it's eating bonbons on your couch at the end of the day that helps you relax. You know, maybe it is those six donuts. I don't know, but whatever it is, just find something that allows you to really appreciate the moment. And I think for me, it's, that was something I created in the beginning. I continue to leave it. I was trying to be just as transparent and as authentic um, of to who I am because I think people resonate with that. I think people relate to that because I had a lot of people messages like, oh, my God, you actually drink wine? Like, oh, I don't feel so bad for drinking my glass of wine every night. I'm like, man, that's horrible. Like, people feel like they're drinking. Yeah, you should feel, feel bad. bad for themselves. And, yeah. and I think it's, it's hard because I got a lot of messages over the years that they felt, you know, guilty or people told them they couldn't drink. And I'm like, you know what? Everyone is so different. If I prescribe a nutrition plan or I give a, not prescribe, if I recommend certain things for an individual, say, this is how you should change your nutrition. This is how you could change your diet. um, I can't take that exact same recommendation and give it to someone else. Like everyone's going to be different. So, you know, whether you want to drink or don't want to drink or you want to relax, that's fine. But to be like told that you like, you can't do this, you can't do that. And it's like, man, that's unfortunate. Like, to go through life and feel like you aren't able to do certain things because you're not going to reach your goal. Like that's, a, that, 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 that's like, that sucks, man. Like, and I'm yeah. not to be negative or anything, but for myself, I think I've just, I've seen the ability to take a step back and see the bigger picture. Like, and you know, if I could change certain things, so certain outcomes would be different. I totally would, but I don't have that opportunity. So if I'm going to have a glass of wine at the end of the day, hell yeah, I'm going to have a glass of wine. If that calls for three glasses of wine sometimes, okay, then I'm going to have three glasses of wine that night. But I know for myself, it's like, that's my balance. And and that allows me to really appreciate myself. If I'm going to go out and share a couple bottles with a group of friends and we get to create this amazing experience and memory, that's what I want to impart with people. That's the lifestyle that I want to showcase to people in terms of just appreciating the moment and being as aware and present with who you are and what you're doing. Because it 
I think so many times like, man, we're going to have this opportunity again. We're going to be able to do this again. And then a year goes by, two years go by, a decade go by. And you're like, shit, I haven't been able to have or relive or you get that experience with those friends or those people again. And it makes me really be present and just be as absorbing as I can in that moment and just live everything to its fullest because the woulda, shoulda, couldas will come at some point mm-hmm. in your life and you'll think, and I, I'm shit, I'm 37 right now. And I still feel 26 in my mind, but I'm like, man, I, I wish I would have done this before. Or I, I wish I yeah. would have, you know, been more communicative to X, Y, Z. I wish I wouldn't have made this decision. I wish I would have made that, but that's life. We have this one opportunity and, you know, I, I just want to live it and share it with as many people as I can in this world, because there's so many unique individuals out there with so many unique stories and just to sit down and share a glass of wine or, you know, share a workout with people to hear their story is that's impactful. Cause I know I'll learn something from them and vice versa. How, how do you take, or how did you take what you went through in losing your sister and get to, Hey, we're not promised tomorrow. So really appreciate where you are today. Like there's a lot in between. And I think a lot of people when faced with difficulty, especially with grief, they can't Mm -hmm. always get to, Hey, I'm here and I'm alive. And I, and I want to make the most out of every single moment because we're not promised tomorrow. And I've seen that. I think a lot of people experience that myself included in, in dealing with grief and finding it really hard to get to a place where they're now living with gusto. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did you you go on that journey? That's a good question. I think, um, I definitely struggled with it in the first couple of years. Um, I think there was a lot of guilt because obviously being the older sister and, you know, feeling that maybe I could have changed the outcome, you know, maybe if I would have called her or text her, she would have delayed being on the road. She could have like been five minutes late. Um, and I constantly think like, man, and I, even the day that she passed, I had the inkling like, oh, I remember I need to call her. I need, I need to call Chirsten. Like, it's been a while. Like, it's been a couple of days. Um, it's been a week. I need to make sure we touch base. Um, but then slipping the mind, having that slip and then, you know, not doing it. But then like that, that guilt and that not being able to help, I think, strung out for a good number of months and years for me. And I think I struggled with it. Um, I think I started to channel a lot of my emotions into exercise specifically running and I think that going outside and going running I was able to clear my mind whether I listened to music um, or didn't listen to anything and just listen to nature I think it was a way for me to kind of work through those emotions Um, I worked with a life coach um, for a number of years from 2010 and on for a good number of years and I think that was definitely helpful because I was able to talk to her about certain thoughts and emotions and experiences in my life and we were able to kind of dig deep in terms of you know, how I process things or how I work to things. And if you don't have the opportunity to work with someone, I think journaling, and I spent way more time journaling after she passed, um, just getting the thoughts out. Um, and I think in a way, not that anyone can control this, but in a way she came to me in uh, two different times in my dreams, kind of within the first year of her passing. And that I think was impactful because it gave me not necessarily relief, but kind of her way of communicating to me is like, I'm okay. You know, I, I can't be where you're at, but I'm okay. I think that gave me a little bit of relief, but it took a while to work through those emotions. And I think I started to, you know, through working with a life coach, journaling, talking to friends, and I think talking more about the experience. And I think a lot of people don't want to talk about it um, for their own personal reasons. And that's totally fine. It, you know, it takes some, some confidence or it takes some comfortability to be able to talk about that. Um, And I remember the first talk, the first talk or conversation I did was in my communications class the semester after she passed. 
And I tried my hardest to not ball my eyes out. And it was very hard, but it, it was a very challenging thing to do. But I think it put me in that place where, you know, talking about it is going to be hard. But the more I talk about it, the more I can handle it, the more I can work those emotions. And there's sometimes where I talk about it and I'm able to like not cry. And there's other times where I'm like bawling and I like can't keep my mm-hmm. eyes from watering. Um, but I think it's just the energy and the emotion. And the more you kind of become okay with it. And it's hard because for some people, it's a lot harder. My sister, my younger sister, she struggled for a good number of years afterwards. And I, when we had some conversations, you know, I started to impart with her how I approached it. And something I, I learned over the years was, you know, she's no longer here, but we can continue to live for her. So it's almost like she's living through us for us. Um, and I think this is a kind of a weird analogy, but it popped in my mind. Um, in 1883, I don't know if anyone's seen that, but it's kind of an offshoot of Yellowstone. But there's um, a part in there, and one of the actors was saying that, you know, his wife and his daughter got killed by, uh, I, I want to say it was smallpox or whatever was going on around that time. Um, but his motivation was to continue on because there was like a theory or a belief that she sees what he sees. And when I heard that on the show, I was like, man, that's interesting. I've never heard anything kind of related like that, whether it's, you know, belief or religion or um, anyone's outlook in terms of spiritual outlook. But I was like, man, that's interesting because it's kind of embodied a way of how I've embodied it. Like she no longer can be here, but I'm here to experience it. And hopefully she's with me in spirit. And then maybe she can see what I see or maybe she can experience what I'm experiencing. And I think that's something that um, has helped me work through periods of, of points where it's, it's been struggled or it's been harder. If I tell about the story about her label and her painting and for obviously I wish I could change things and have her be here. Um, but I think the more I talk about it, the more I share my story, hopefully that reaches people. And I think having the opportunity to be on Titan games and share that with people like on a na- nationwide level, I had a number of people, I probably can't even remember, um, but a number of people reach out to me on social media and, and emails and messages just saying, man, like, I, I appreciate you telling your story because it gives me hope that I'll be able to get through my passing. I'll be able to get hope, get, get hope through, um, like their sister, or their brother, or their mother, or whatever mm-hmm. it be. And I think we're all, we all go through struggles like you yourself. You know, we all have our own story, whether it's a losing of someone, whether it's a more personal experience or whatever, something that's a, a varying degree of that. But we all go through some sort of struggle. And I think if we're compassionate and we're understanding and we don't judge people and we at least let them the opportunity to talk and get it out, that is one way to slowly get through those emotions and slowly feel like they can live. And I, and I speak from this because I know my sister, she's like, I don't want to early on when my sister, my other sister, cheers in the past, my younger sister, Remy, she had said, you know, I feel like I can't be happy or I shouldn't be happy because she's no longer here. She can't have the opportunity to live. So why should I be happy and mm-hmm. still live? And I was like, man, like I never thought of it from that point. But as soon as she s- said that I, I, I related, I understood, I could see where she was coming from. And so I think it takes time and being patient and kind and generous to yourself and being okay to, re- to let others help you um, is definitely something that will offer and guide support. Well, I commend you for sharing your story because I think that it's such a silly um, taboo 
right? That we don't talk about loss or we don't talk about grief or we don't share our experiences when they're, you know, not that sliver of perfect life that shows up on social media, because just like you said, like we're human beings and we're here to make these connections with one another. And like, it is the hardest thing in the world when you lose someone or something that you love. And how are you supposed to go on when the world just keeps spinning and people don't know what you're going through? Like, how are you supposed to cope when other people don't have any insight into what's happening. And if you don't talk about it and you don't share your story, then, then people don't connect and they have a really hard time. So I remember watching you on the, well, we watched you on the Titan games every week, but I remember <laughs> when they first started sharing your story and obviously I've known you for years and I know what you've been through. And that was the first time that Matt, my husband had heard your story. And he also lost his younger brother a few years ago it was the middle brother of three. Oh, so yeah. it was, it was such a shared experience. And he watched your story with tears in his eyes because it was just like, you know, he feels so alone at times because this horrible, tragic thing happened to him. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not alone. There are other people who are experiencing what I am experiencing. And when you can't quite put it into words, it is like a soul connection with someone else mm -hmm. to just, you just know, you just know what they're going through. You don't have to say it. You don't have to try to describe it and you don't have to. And that's like a healing moment to witness that or, or understand that someone else is also dealing with what you're dealing with. Cause you feel like a crazy pants. Yep. You're like I'm crazy. I'm the only one going through this. Everyone else is fine. Like I'm living with this difficulty or this tragedy or whatever. And everyone else is just like going to the grocery store today and like yeah. being fine. Like my world yeah. has stopped spinning and the entire rest of the world is just going on. But when you, when you can isolate people and moments that are similar to you and relatable to you, then you feel more like you belong. And I think mm -hmm. that that's just, that's so important. So for you to do that constantly, to do it on national TV, to do it um, via your wine with the label and her artwork and, and saying her name and sharing her story, I just feel like it lends itself so very much to the balance of your life. Because here you are doing all these things that are like, business and fitness and whatever. And also like it's infused with this really personal stuff that kind of forces you to slow down, right? It forces mm -hmm. you to like, listen and be like, oh shit. Like, yeah, Margo's wine is popping and her business is crazy, but like there's meaning here. And let's just like slow down and think about it and look at it and be in the moment with it. And that's important. A hundred percent. And I think, like you said earlier, you know, people don't it, it might be because it, not that it's shunned, but people don't talk about grief. They don't talk about death because it, you know it's sad and it's and it's tough because you know we really don't know where you go, whether your beliefs, you know, of, of heaven or hell or spiritual reincarnation, whatever. I think all that in part, but being okay to talk about it or being okay to at least have some sort of conversation with people, or and it doesn't even have to be words exchange. Just being there and giving them a hug or giving that energy, that connection with people. And, and it's tough because I think a lot of people have gone through situations, but you know, people don't want to talk about it. And I think the more that people don't talk about it, the harder that harder that scar gets, and the deeper that scar mm -hmm. gets. You start to like have that cover come off, or like this top of the scar come off. It's like, oh man, it, it's it's impactful. It, it's moving. It's it's tear wrenching. It's and there could be a lot of emotions in there, like anger, frustration, lack of control, whatever it is. But it's like the more you discuss it, it's like a pot. If you stir it a little bit, like it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be weird. But as you stir it and stir it, like eventually it's gonna be blended like paint. And there will be a point where you know it, it doesn't hurt as much, or it still will hurt. But there there's a different approach to it, or different. 
like awareness of it in a way where you're able to say, Hey, like this does hurt. This is hard. This is detrimental. It changed our lives forever, but you know, how can I be okay with it or how can I work through it? So I'm, I'm okay talking about it or at least have a conversation or just being with someone to discuss with it. And I think, you know, taking a step back and looking at, you know, it's been so many years since 2008 and it's like, man, it still feels like it was like last year. Sometimes it feels mm-hmm. like it's been a couple years, but I think it's still going to be fresh. It's still going to be a wound. It may not never heal completely, but that person, that energy, that spirit is always going to be with you. And so for your, for your, for Matt and his brother, like as much as he's, he's gone, he's still there. He's no matter what, he's always going to be a part of him. My sister's always gonna be a part of me. And for anyone that's lost someone or have gone through a struggle, they're always going to be a part of you. It's just understanding and learning like, all right, how do I kind of move on with them? Not physically there, but emotionally there. And, and it is hard because if we don't talk about it, we don't discuss it. And we constantly push it as a taboo. It's like, oh, you know, like I feel like there are certain things people don't talk about, you know, sex and death being two of those items. There's a multitude of other things too. But if they're kind of pushed to the side, it's like, all right, how do we become a little more comfortable talking to people? Um, and I hope people would feel comfortable, you know, sharing their story or opening up. And I think we all have scars. We all have um, hardships in our life. And I think if we, again, if we're non-judgmental, we let people go um, and just relax and let them be who they are. Like that is going to make it a little bit easier sometimes to deal with. Um, and I've told people that I've struggled and like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I just lost my brother. How do I get through this? I'm like sometimes it's just one day at a time. Don't worry mm-hmm. about that week. Don't worry about next day. Don't worry about next year, next month just taking it one day at a time. And I, for, I learned from my mom, my mom is a very strong individual. Um, and, and she struggled a lot. She lost her best friend. Then she, two months later, she lost her dad. Then two months later, she lost her daughter. Oh so my for my God. mom to go through all that. Yeah. And I think she, she hit a lot of things. She just compartmentalized. She pushed things down because she didn't understand how to, she's a very sensitive and emotional person. And I love my mom to death. Um, and she's had to handle so much, not only within that certain short time frame of six months, but just in general life. And I think she, she learned and she had to like work those emotions and, you know, deal with that. And I think, you know, being there as a daughter to support her. Um, I mean, her, she also lost her, one of her older brothers, um, growing up, um, like I would say like in their thirties, forties. Um, and so obviously losing a sibling and then losing a daughter, it's like, man, like I can't imagine, I know there's, I can't speak to anyone's experience, experience with my mom to lose all that and go through that and still be able to like, you know, be here and be present and, you know, be a mom to my sister and I, it's been amazing. She definitely has her hard times and she definitely has her down days. I'm not saying they're perfect. Um, but I try to be there as uplifting as I can as a daughter to help her through. But I know that like there are some very hard, dark days. And sometimes you just have to take it at a day at a time. And like, just look at the small things like, all right, I brushed my teeth today. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. I got up. Yep. Yeah. I got up. I, you know, changed my underwear. I'm wearing a different pair of socks. Um, and I think it's just those small things and you can take that in any situation. Like, all right, if you're going through an injury or if you're going through anything, like, you know, if you're struggling, like, all right, I was able to get up and do X or get up and do Y. And it's just celebrating those small successes every single day. Um, and it doesn't have to be a celebration. Cause you be like, all right, cool. Like check the box. I, you know, I got out of bed today. I opened the blinds and I saw the sun. I had some coffee. Um, and it seems minuscule, minute, but those minuscule, minute things will add up over time and those will compound and you'll be able to get stronger feet and you'll be able to take more steps. And then next thing you'll know, it'll be months and years and you'll be able to eventually look back and like, Oh man, like, okay, I'm so glad I made it through that. I learned a lot and I I'm now I'm here. 
Yeah. I think that's, that honestly speaks to bring everything full circle, but like very much speaks to the balance of life because sometimes just getting one box checked or just, you know, figuring out one way to, I don't know, complete the, the task that you needed to, whether that was, you know, getting up or getting down, you know, if it's working all day and then you gotta, you gotta do one thing for yourself tonight. You gotta unplug for 15 minutes and not look at your phone. Like that's the first step to creating balance or like you're having a really tough day, but you got up and you you open the blinds and had coffee. Okay. Well, that's like one step to creating the balance to getting up and more active uh, within your life. So I feel like that's really great advice. Just like you might have a giant to-do list or a giant checklist, but if you can, if you can get to one, maybe two things, like you're on your way, it's not going to happen overnight. There's no way. There's no way that you just woke up, wake up one day and you're like today, all of a sudden I'm going to be balanced. Girl, if it, you could, I would have done it. I would have done it 10 years ago. Yeah. And if you didn't give me that recipe, because uh, I need that. And that's I'll take, I'll take what she's having. Exactly. I think that's something I've learned along the way, because I feel like I'm a very kind of sometimes a little bit OCD tendencies where I, I want to get everything done all at once. And I've learned that it's near impossible to do that. So I'm like, all right, if I, if I'm like, here's my list for like, man, my desk, because I have everything that I need to do, get done today on my desk. And if it's not clear, a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, oh, I need to finish. But it's like, I've learned over the years that it's going to be there tomorrow. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, and I say, you know, not every day is guaranteed, make everything, make the most of everything. But sometimes I, I've looking at the present situation and what I have, it's like, all right, if I didn't get this done tomorrow, this will be here tomorrow. I will be able to accomplish the rest of it tomorrow. And that gives me some sort of peace of mind. So I can disconnect. Um, and I remember, I think I saw this on social media as, as I was scrolling to the abyss. Um, there was, I think it was like Tom Hanks talking with some other actors, but the phrase of this too shall pass. Like if you're having a bad time, you're struggling through something, this too shall pass. If you're having a great time, you're enjoying it, embrace it because this too shall pass. And I was like, man, that, that really kind of resonated of not just of like, you know, enjoy the moment, but everything is dynamic. Nothing is guaranteed. We are here for a finite time. You know, our time will at some point come to a passing. Um, but while we're here, we can make the most of everything, embrace everything that we have because, you know, things will evolve. And just like the seasons, I think the seasons are a great example of this. I mean, granted, if you live in an area like Vegas where there's like only two seasons, you know, like well, hot summer yeah, and cold winter, <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> a week of spring and a week of fall. Um, but you, you see that and it's there is constant evolution. There is constant change. And so how can we really, you know, be present, be in that moment, um, embrace what we have, because this moment too shall pass this, this transition of life will pass. And, you know, I think as we get older, at least I felt as time, as, as we get older, time goes by faster. The rotations of the days go by faster. The rotations around the sun go by faster. And I'm like, oh, how do we slow down? But I've learned that if I can really, you know, make the most of my day, engage, be present, you know, get things done, don't jam pack it. Um, then I make those days fuller in a way, like volume wise. And that allows me to say, all right, cool. Like I made the most of today. I, I'll, I'll tack it tomorrow. Whatever I didn't get done, I'll, I'll approach tomorrow and work on tomorrow. Yeah. I'm exactly the same way. Like if I have a pile of That's shit to awesome. do, I want it all done. I want it like, yeah. done. I want it. I like, yeah, I, yeah. And we just bought a new house, right? So oh, awesome. um, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Very excited in the middle of closing, just to add one more thing to my list yeah. of like, I'm not busy NBD. enough. Let's just buy and sell a house. No big deal. 
Um, but we're looking at this like laundry list of, of updates and changes we want to make to this home that will be our forever home, right? Like we're selling our starter home and we're going to be hopefully in this house for the next 25 years and, you know, have more kids and raise a family, whatever the things we want to do to this house are going to get accomplished over the course of like a decade. We're going to pick like a project, a season or a project, a year or something. And I am struggling really hard with being like, I got to do, we got to get in there and we got to get a contractor in there on day one and we need a plan and he's going to do 17 rooms at once. And like, it's, it's just not going to happen and we're going to have to live with it for a while. And I, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling with that. I can only imagine, but I, in a way, I think it'll probably be good practice because then the patience or the ability to work through that will, it might be like high anxiety at the beginning, but at the end, you're like, all right, cool. Like I can acknowledge and put to the side. And that's something that like the compartmentalization um, of certain things and situations can, can be to a benefit, obviously, as we learn, where it's like, okay, yeah. I see this. I'm just going to literally close the door physically, metaphorically, <gasps> and it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, and then you can worry about other stuff. But yeah. Hey, that's the first I step to looking at my done. email and not responding to it until the next day, which is uh, your my life goals that you can do that. Um, okay, I'm not adding it to my list. I look at them, I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. Yep. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you got to get on that level. <sighs> Again, it's well, taking time and taking practice, but you'll get there. I'm, I'm working on it every day. Um, <laughs> Margo, thank you so much for, for chatting through all this stuff. I know it's a lot and there's, there's no real answer, but I just feel like sometimes it's therapeutic to talk through it all. And I, I, feel, better. I feel like I can take on more and yes. figure out how to strike some more balance in my life. I think it's definitely, like you said, talking about it and discussing it and even like, you know, people listening or watching, whatever. Um, sometimes it's just like ideas being thrown around and you're like, oh, I never thought about that. And that can, you know, bring something present to the mind. So I always, yeah. I always love it. How do, how do people find you, get in touch with you, whether or not they, they want to maybe hop on your fitness app or order a case of wine? Oh, like, sure. What are all the ways? Yeah. So um, if you're following me on uh, social media, so Instagram is 321GOGAUX. Um, and then I have my fitness app, MargoAlvarezApp.com. And then the goatwine.com is for the wine. So wine and fitness differently just because of legality reasons for now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, good old licenses, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, You mean I can't like log onto the app and get my workout and instantly order? <laughs> like I'm going to need now. like we're, three we're cases after that workout. <laughs> Eventually, I'll kind of blend them together. No pun intended. Cool. I'll get there. <laughs> ah. Awesome. Uh, Margo, thanks again. This was wonderful. Um, for everyone listening, please get in touch. Get in touch with Margo and, and get on her app and get all the wine. It's delicious. I got a bottle of it um, at, last year at West Coast Classic. Um, oh, someone awesome. brought me brought me a bottle of it, and I was so pregnant. And I was like, I can't wait until I can drink this. You're like, I have to save it until the baby's out, but it'll be good. It I'm was so amazing. Yes. Well, if you guys come it, back to it. Vegas, I'll have to get you some more. Deal. I know. When yes. we were there, it was like the one weekend you weren't there. It was I so know. It was the only weekend I was, was out of town. I was so sad. I was like, no. The dumbest. Um, yeah. and, and for everyone listening to you guys, please keep, please keep sending me all of your feedback because I love hearing from you guys and I love uh, exploring new and different ideas and topics for the show. And yeah, we'll just kind of keep it going as long as we possibly can. So continue to, to slide in and send emails and do all the good things. Um, and we will keep figuring out wonderful guests 
to have in the space and continue to sort of like lift up female voices in and around our sport. So for everyone listening, thank you guys so much for joining us. Margo, thanks again for coming and we will talk to you guys later.